Man, we're excited to have you with us today. If it's your first time here, thank you for joining us. If, uh, if you're watching us on live stream, thank you for joining us there as well. TC, let's put our hands together for all our guests and those of us that are joining us on live stream. Man, thank you so much for being with us today. We're so excited to be launching our Unplugged series today. Uh, the video that you just saw, the, the audio excerpt is from an interview with Simon Sinek on a, uh, on a podcast and a, a vlog that he did. And so, but how many guys recognize like there is some absolute truth to what he was talking about in that video? And so we want to take this series during the summer and we want to talk about how some healthy ways that we can unplug uh, our life from some of the technology and social media aspects um, so that we can become, we'll say, better followers of Christ. How about that? You guys want to, so you guys with me today? So the three of you, we're going to preach to you guys today then. So uh, no, you guys with us today? So let's, uh, let's jump in. We're going to start in Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians 3 most of today. So if you're going to open your Bible somewhere, you can open it there, but Colossians 3, but make sure you have your handout notes because that is going to give you the layout of everywhere we are going today. All right, guys, Colossians 3, let's start with that. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. All right. And then later on here in Colossians 3, 5, and 10, uh, it says this. It says, put to death. Now, everyone say this with me. Put to death. Let's try that again. Put to death. All right. So he didn't say toy with it occasionally. He said, put it to death. Like God and Jesus is and Paul and all those that we're, we're hearing from in this area uh, is being very specific. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways and the life that you once lived. It goes on to say, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have been taken off your old self with his practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to the knowledge and the image, uh, in the image of its creator. All right, guys. And, and uh, I think Matt Chandler laid out the best analogy I've ever seen where he talked about put to death those things uh, that are distracting, those things that are tearing you down. Uh, he talked about how many guys have ever seen those commercials where they, they're trying to sell like shampoo. So they lay a girl in a bikini on top of a tiger or something. Right. And like what happens on when animals attack? Right. What does the lion or the tiger do? It does what it was created to do in that it like tears apart <laughs> what it wants to eat right now. And that's the thing that Jesus is talking about and Paul is talking about and, and that we're seeing communicated through this portion of scripture is that we have to put to death those things that are going to distract us. But more importantly, those things that are going to cause us to fall into trap. Uh, and, and he's, but he said, put it to death. Don't toy with it. Don't keep it around like a tamed lion, but put it to death in your life so that you can ring victorious. Now, am I telling you that you need to just destroy your cell phones and cancel all your social media accounts? No, that is not what I'm telling you to do. <clears throat> what I'm telling you is that we need to be careful how much we allow it to control our lives. 
All right, guys. And so um, I want to open up today by just kind of being, can I, can we be honest in here today? Like, can I just, can I kind of bear my soul to you this morning? Is that okay? Right. That we do that. And so I think that there's some health that can come from being honest with the people that you're a part of. I consider you guys family. And so um, I want to be transparent for a moment and kind of be honest with you about a struggle that I deal with. All right. And, and we'll say, um, I don't know if it's quite an addiction in my life, but it's certainly something that has its grips deep within me, right? And uh, if I'm being honest, I've actually gone times um, where I've indulged in this a lot, and then there has been times where um, I've actually uh, indulged in this maybe addiction um, even right before I got into this pulpit to preach to you guys. Can I just be honest about that? And um, I'm sure many of you guys know what it is that I'm talking about. It starts with an A. Ends with an L. It's called approval. What y'all think I was talking about? <laughs> approval. I don't know where y'all, but okay. <clears throat> right. I'm talking to you guys about approval. And, uh, the reason that I kind of bring this to the forefront for us to, to kind of understand is that social media and technology tends to have a grips on our life, not because of that it in and of itself is addictive. What is addictive to our personalities, what is addictive to us as human beings is this idea of constant connectivity to the world around us without any protocol or without any gift. So uh, what Simon Sinek talked about in his full interview that you can go check out if you want, is he was talking about how... Um, that social media and texting and technology, when you get a text message, when someone likes your post on Facebook, it releases chemicals in your brain that are the exact same chemicals that are released in your brain when you smoke, when you drink, and when you gamble. In other words, it creates a highly addict. That's the reason why when you're feeling lonely and when you're feeling down, what do you do? You send out 10 text messages to 10 friends like, hey, 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 like trying to get someone to respond back to you, right? Because you just want someone to feed this thing in you so that you can feel better. So that you can feed the addiction. The same reason that we post something on Facebook and we go back every 10 minutes to see who's liked it. And now they make smiley faces and hearts for it. And then who's commented on it. And like, man, like, so that's the whole thing, right? Is that we're trying to engage in this whole um, idea about social media. And we just want to kind of break that down a little bit. And let's talk about what we're calling today, the approval addiction. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you addicted to approval? Now here's the thing, right? There is, there is definitely, some of y'all are like, yeah, I ain't even asking you. I already know the answer. No, like, so here's the thing, right? How many guys, how many guys know people that are like, I don't care what nobody thinks about me. I'm going to just do me all by myself. I see that on Facebook 10 times a day, right? Like, I'm going to quit trying or whatever. Um, so, and some, it might be some of y'all. I ain't pointing y'all out. I'm just saying. So here's the idea that I want to introduce to you though. You're lying. Because you definitely care what people think about you. You want me to prove it? Watch this. If you didn't care what people thought about you, you would have woke up this morning, walked right past your mirror, and drove here looking a hot mess just like you did right out of bed. <laughs> but you didn't. Thank you. We all appreciate that. But you didn't. <laughs> right? What? You got ready this morning. Why? Because 
and no matter who we are and no matter how many times we've been let down by friends, there is part of us that cares about what at least someone thinks about us. Right. And so we have this idea that we need to be approved of. We need approval. And that is something that can help us. But more often than not, it is something that can destroy us if we are not careful. And so we want to talk about it a little bit today. And then we're going to go through the Unplugged series. We're going to talk about distractions. We're going to talk about chaos. And then we're going to talk about the essentials on week four. So uh, we're really, really excited about the Unplugged series. Let's get straight into it today. I want to talk to you just a few things, some signs that you have an approval addiction, right? So you want someone to approve of you. And these are some signs that you may have if you have an approval uh, addiction. Uh, Changing or softening your position because someone appears to disapprove of what you think. I see this all the time. Like someone will post something. I don't like whoever. And someone will be like, well, I like them. And be like, well, you know, they're not that bad. I just, well, you just said you didn't like them, but whatever. So next, expressing agreement verbally or non-verbally when you do not agree with the person. Um, I see that constantly as well, right? So it's like, man, I just, and I, man, I've, I've literally watched friends say and hang out with this person and be like, man, it's the greatest person. I love this person. And then they get around someone that doesn't like that person. And then they're bashing that person, right? Like, oh, that person's just a joke. It's like, I'm sitting over there in the corner like, you were just hanging out with him three weeks ago. Never mind. You know what? We're not doing this today. Moving on. So, <clears throat> Next, excuse me, is spreading bad news and gossip so that you can gain attention. Moving on. (laughs) Attempting to coax people into paying you compliments and or getting upset when they fail to do so. Folks, can we for a minute talk about this? Everyone else's world does not revolve around you, right? I have friends that have literally unfriended other friends. Like that is the epitome of a diss nowadays. I'm taking you off my friends list. I wasn't in the top 10 anyway, so that's what you get. No, like, like that is the, like, that is the thing, right? And so attempting to, so what happens you see him like it's selfie world out there. Like some of y'all need to stop taking so many pictures of yourself. There's enough going on in the world around us. We don't need to see more pictures of you, right? Now don't look at the person you're thinking about right now. Cause I see some of y'all like, So you take all these pictures, you're hoping someone's going to like your page, like your picture, comments on it. Oh, girl, you look so good. No, you don't. Stop taking pictures of yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. And then when someone doesn't comment on your picture, you literally go into a depressed state. Like you put out a feeler. Hey, does anyone even care about me on Facebook? Those, I am more inclined to not answer that post than to actually answer it, right? Does anyone care about me? I'm just going to keep scrolling. Nope, I ain't even sucking. Even doing that. But then when no one answers, like you go into like a borderline emotional depressed coma, like moving on. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. I ain't going to keep going. Next, the fifth one is behaving in a non-conforming manner in order to draw attention to yourself. Folks, can we talk about this for just a minute? You do not have to be insubordinate to get attention so that people will hear your story. 
if you have to be insubordinate for people to hear your story, they don't care about you anyways. So stop trying to get attention for people that don't care about you. More importantly, if no one cares about you, maybe you should reassess your life choices. <laughs> okay, like quit chasing everybody away and then get mad because no one's around. <sighs> Moving on. So, but these are five, these are five areas that show someone has an approval addiction. And, and here's the idea, man. We don't need, the more you become obsessed with the approval of man, the farther and further you drift away from the approval of God. I'm gonna say that one more time because some of y'all were looking at your phones just then. The more and more you become obsessed with the approval of man, the further away you drift from the approval of God. And you can't accomplish both, my friend. Like, either, like, don't get me wrong, you can balance, but your approval has to come from God. Well, let's, let's just go. I can tell you guys are just gonna, it's gonna be that kind of day. I'm just, it's all right. Number one, and uh, overcoming our approval addiction is what we're talking about today. So we're gonna look at five ways you overcome your approval addiction. The first one is you need to isolate your insecurities. Isolate your insecurities, right? Is that you have to recognize what is this thing in me? What is it? What is this? What's pushing my heart to where I constantly need to be approved and affirmed by someone else? Where is that insecurity coming from? And then you need to deal with it. Because more often than not, people come into our office in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s. They come into our office, they sit down in a chair, and they want us to help fix what happened to them, but they don't know where it started. A lot of times it started when they were five, six, and seven years old. They're insecure because they haven't figured out how to deal with the thing that they're having the hardest time with. In other words, uh, whether they were never told that they were good enough, whether they were, they were never told they were pretty enough whether they're made fun of, whatever the case may be, there's an insecurity that usually sits inside of each one of us. And a lot of times it goes back to our childhood. And if we don't deal with it, it eats us alive into our adult age. Well, here's the problem though. Social media was designed around teenagers. So teenagers grow up with it and it just wrecks them from the beginning. But now we are seeing 40, 50, 60 year olds that are becoming absorbed by technology and social media. And they are trying to get their affirmation that they haven't had for five decades. They're trying to get it through social media. And we are seeing depressed six year olds that never dealt with their depression before, but now it's coming because social media has become so relevant in their life. Huge to understand that if we're gonna overcome approval, we have to understand our insecurities. Because more often than not, what we're looking for as far as approval is something that we don't like about ourselves, and we haven't liked about ourselves for years. Whether it's our physical shape, whether it's the way we look, whether it's the way we act, we want someone to tell us that we look good enough, or we act good enough, or we are good enough. Let me tell you something, folks. You're never going to overcome your insecurity through the approval of man. It's always going to have to come through some higher power. Right? We'll talk about that in a minute. So, um, your inadequacies, you not being good enough, are not identified through the gospel. In other words, God has not told you that you're not good enough, but rather through the broken window of the fragmented world. Here's what I mean by that, is that we all view life through a piece of glass. It's a metaphor. We all view life through a piece of glass. And when you were told that you weren't pretty enough, when you were told that you weren't handsome enough, or that you were too fat, or you were too skinny, and all those things, every time that happened, a rock got thrown into that glass. And how you see 
see the world has changed. It used to be a whole picture. Now it's tiny fragments of the original picture because your world has been broken by the words that have come against you. And can I tell you something? Even if they were godly people, the enemy can still use words spoken by godly people to break you down so that you become ineffective for the kingdom. So we have to isolate your insecurities and recognize that the gospel makes you whole, but you don't have to worry about what other people say about you. When God has a plan for you, no man's words can take it off track. So, um, and then lastly is, and that particular one is knowing who you are, but knowing who you are has to be centered around knowing whose you are. So who you belong to matters far more than just who you think you are. And what you've accomplished in life means nothing. And taking pictures of it and posting it on Instagram means nothing. And tweeting about how awesome it was means nothing if it's not completely surrendered to the will of God in your life. And so, man, we have to isolate insecurity so that God can recognize what he's going to do. And more importantly, we can recognize what God wants to do in and through our life. Galatians 1.10 says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Do we have to elaborate, right? Like number two, confront the cause, confront the cause. Where are these insecurities coming from? Some of you constantly surround yourself with people that beat you down. Like you don't owe your joy to anyone. You don't owe your peace to anyone. You don't owe your happiness to anyone. Like if people are beating you down, then you need to leave them. Can I help you with something else though? If everyone is leaving you, you're probably beating people down. Like, if you constantly find yourself alone, and I mean really alone, not just alone because no one texts you today, but I'm talking about like, because some of you guys think that if no one texts you within like three hours, then you're just all alone. The world hates you and whatever. And that's not the case. It's just that everyone else has a life too, right? But so it's either you need to get away from the people that are beating everyone down, or you need to recognize that if you're constantly the one alone, like maybe you're berating people and beating them down. But either way, man, you got to confront the cause of your isolation and your insecurity so that God can help you become everything he wants you to become. So confront the cause. Why do you feel that you're not good enough? Here's two things I want you to understand in that. Number one, most of the time, it's relationships that have changed your view of the world and of God and of yourself. Relationship with a parent, relationship with a friend, relationship with a colleague, relationship with a boss, right? Like uh, a marriage. Most times it's a relationship that has broken and fragmented your view. Here's the beautiful part about that. Relationships can help put that back together if they're the right relationships. In other words, there are people that care about you. And we have a small group semester that is launching today. Man, we are super excited about our small groups. we got all kinds of small groups. I can't even begin to go into them. But here's the deal, right? Here's the idea behind small groups. We don't talk about this a lot. We encourage people to get into small groups, but we don't talk about the why that often. And here's the thing. How many guys will admit that when you come to church on Sundays and when you hang out with people, a lot of times there is a mask, a metaphorical mask that you put on. Behind it is the real you. But you don't want people to see the real you, so you put something on so they can't know what's going on in your life. Right? And when we put on the mask, why? Because behind it is maybe our addiction, it's our, our insecurities, right? And so we don't want to show everyone that. Why? Like, do you, what I, I don't want to come up here and tell all of you what I'm going through this week. Why? Because it's none of your business. No, I'm just kidding. Why? Like, why? I, 
because I don't trust you guys that much, right? And can I just be honest? There's a few of you that I do, and some of you have seen behind my mask, but I don't know all of you like that. You need to know who you're telling your stuff to, okay? So, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna do that, so here's the idea. You join a small group, and maybe it's a, a, a bowling small group or a dinner small group, and at that dinner small group, you talk about all the stuff that doesn't matter in life, right? Like, you've been, but eventually you build a relationship with someone, and that someone, you're like, man, I feel like I can trust this person. And you go up to them one day, and you say, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me? And you take that mask off, and you let them see the real you. They're you that you won't let anyone else see. Because I've come up to some of you before, knowing you were going through stuff. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. No, you're not. You're lying. You're not good. I have a meme on my phone. It's so funny, man. It's like, it's like person, uh, band at concert. How's everyone doing tonight? The whole crowd. Woo! And it's like me from the back row quietly. I've had a rough couple of years, but, uh, you know, like that for real. Like, so we're not honest about what we're going through, right? And in small groups, we want you to build relationships where you can show someone, not everyone, but someone, the real you, so you can finally deal with what you're going through, deal with your insecurities, deal with your addictions so that God can heal all of them, so that you can be restored into the perfect plan that he has for you. So that's just so important. All right, First John 2.16 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. Man, what is the cause of our approval? It's usually the lust of the world. It's usually trying to pursue worldly things, man. It's usually trying to, man, I need to look like that person. I need to sound like that person. I need to be like this person or, or whatever. And as long as you're pursuing trying to be like those people, you're always going to be insecure and you're never going to have approval. Man, we have to break that down. Uh, next point is that you have to recognize reality. Recognize reality. And someone asked me when we got ready, when we were putting this series together, they said, is this a gospel issue? I said, absolutely it is. Because if you don't recognize who you are, you can never recognize what God wants to do with you. And if you never recognize your purpose, you can never truly reach people for Christ. Because you're going to be spinning your wheels for decades. So recognize reality. What, when we say recognize reality, here's what I mean by that. Here's the reason why I believe social media is so toxic to most people is because we tend to compare our behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. What I mean by that is you look at someone's picture and you're like, man, my life is nothing like that. Like ladies, some of you ladies, you look at a picture of like someone in the church or a friend from work or whatever, and they're like all dolled up and they look great sitting around in their lounge chair or whatever in their backyard as you wear sweatpants covered in Cheetos on your t-shirt, you know what I mean? Or, some of y'all husbands are like, nope, I'm not looking at her. I'm not looking at her. Like, I'm not, <laughs> right? So, like, that's, that's you, right? Like, you look at it, and what are you doing? Like, you don't recognize that it took her half a day to look like that, right? And, like, like she just left the salon, came straight home and sat in a chair in her backyard just to take a picture to put on Instagram before she went and changed into her Cheetos t-shirt, right? Like, so, you don't recognize that. All you do is look at your t-shirt, look at what she has, and go, man, like... That look, she looks awesome and I look terrible. Well, currently, right now, today, at this moment in time, yes, that is true. But I'm not married to you, so whatever, right? So, no, I'm just going, but why? We compare everyone else's highlight reel, like the best that they look to what we would, like, 
us behind the scenes, right? Oh man, they just bought a new car. Their life is great. Uh, we're barely like eating at my house right now. What? So you don't see what's going on behind the scenes at their life. You're just comparing what their highlight reel is to what's going on behind the scenes at your life. When you recognize that reality is we all struggle in moments and we're all victorious in moments, but you can't compare your struggle to other people's victories because you're never going to feel good enough. If you do that, reality dictates something completely different, folks. So <clears throat> absolutely. And then I was... Man, I saw a makeup tutorial the other day. Don't judge me. <laughs> so I saw a makeup tutorial the other day on Facebook. Someone had just posted it. And they were like, so cool, smiley face emoji. Uh, emojis are these little icons, old people that, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm totally kidding. But <clears throat> so they were, they put this makeup tutorial up and it was, it showed the girl before she put on the makeup tutorial. Right. And I was like, hmm, all right, cool. She puts on the makeup and then it shows her afterwards. It was a completely different person. <laughs> like the, the first thing that went in my thought and went through my mind was like, could you imagine if you married this girl, <laughs> what would happen the next day? Picture this honeymoon. You wake up the next day, right? Go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth. Guy looks in the mirror. Man, I scored myself a good looking girl. You walk out the door and you get scared to death because you think someone broke into your hotel room. Like more importantly, what did you do with my wife? Analogy number two. Something happens to you and we gotta put up pictures of you all over Pensacola. We don't even know who we're looking for anymore. <laughs> right? So do us all a favor, folks. Give us the real you every once in a while. It'll do us all a lot of good. Maybe. Anyways, moving on. So <clears throat> we got to recognize reality, folks. <clears throat> Some of y'all laughing because y'all know it's so true. First Peter 5, 8, because there's definitely a scripture for this, right? Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, right? What do I mean by that? I'm not talking about the makeup tutorial here, right? I'm talking about this constant idea of needing to show yourself differently than who you really are. Stop trying to seek approval. Be you, you know, and if someone doesn't love you for you, then find someone else to love you. You know what I'm saying? But just quit this idea of like trying to fit into everyone's mold because you can't. I gave up on that a long time ago and I'm a lot happier. Like I, I impress my wife and I don't care about the rest of it. No, I'm just kidding. So, but it's like, man, yes, absolutely. Go for it. Right. Number four, make, or not number four. Um, yeah, number four. I'm sorry. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. So it's like, all right, now we're going to change. Like we're changing what we're doing here. Because what is owning? The question I have for you is what are you pursuing and what is owning you? What are you pursuing and what owns you? Right? This idea that some of you literally wake up in the morning before you do anything else, you are on your cell phone. You roll over, you had even like you're looking through one eye. Pulling out Facebook. Who's texting me today? Who commented on my post from last night before I went to bed or whatever? Like, man, you got to make up your mind. What are you going to pursue? It's very hard to pursue God and man at the same time. 
So make up your mind. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. This is the message version. Check this out. I thought this was awesome when we were studying and we were putting this whole thing together. This is Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Just what we read earlier, but this is from the Message Bible. So if you're serious about living this resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. This part gets awesome. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on, going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Go back to the slide before this one for me, the verse one slide. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. You guys got that picture? Throw it up there for me. Case in point. Right, like, now we may have staged this photo. I'm not going to admit that or not. But, like, how many guys see people in society walking around just like this, right? Like, there's pictures of teenagers everywhere where they're just like, you know, like, they don't even use whole words when they're on their phone. So, like, man, eyes on the things in front of you, shuffling their feet along. We have become so distracted by what the world has to offer that we're no longer being purposeful within the gospel. Man, we got to, like, fix that, right? So no offense to Dave and Nikki, Chris, Tim, Keisha, Frank, Elijah, Travis. No offense to you guys, but we may have said, I don't know. It was so funny, man. We can, we can keep moving. But it was so funny because when we, uh, when we went out to film this day, the, uh, the interns came up to me who were filming and they were like, so are we just going to like keep setting up random things and we're going to film it? And I was like, we're going to set up about half of them. But then after that, this thing is going to happen where we're going to get to catch these people in their natural habitat. I felt like Steve Irwin. You're like, here comes the teenagers with their cell phone. You know, like, so we, I was like, let's just wait and see what happens, right? And sure enough, man, like we were filming something. And I would tell Shane, one of the interns, I was like, dude, there's, Tommy's on his phone. Go get him right now. And he would run over to the camera and like film because Tommy's just like, right? Like, why? Because it got to a point where we weren't even trying anymore. We were just filming people doing what they do every day. And that's just sit there and scroll through life. Like, never mind what's happening around you. Never mind that someone's hungry on that street corner. I got to figure out what my cousin's doing in Vermont or whatever. They're shoveling snow. That's what they're doing. That's what they always do. Don't worry about it. But anyways, <clears throat> then lastly, number five, Ponder the possibilities. Ponder the possibilities. Where, what, who could I be if I changed my habits? Like a lot of us literally roll out of bed before we say hello to our wife or our, our husband or spouse, before we say uh, hello to the dog even. For gosh sakes, like, I mean, before we do anything, like we're on our phone, we're scrolling, trying to figure out what's going on in the world around us. Half of us don't even watch the news anymore because we just get it off Facebook because that's so reliable. Like we just like, man, we are so absorbed by what's going on in our hands. Second Peter two nineteen says, for whatever overcomes a person to that, he is enslaved. So my question to you is. Does your cell phone or your computer or just Facebook in general, does it own you? And here's the other thing for you business owners and entrepreneurs, it may not be Facebook for you, but it could certainly be your phone calls and your text messages and your emails. So it may not be social media for you. Something might own you though. 
And if nothing else, someone's approval can own you. So I wanna create a challenge to you today. It's a one month challenge, right? I'm not even gonna ask how many of you are gonna do it because you're like, I wanna see this first, all right? So I wanna give you these five things we wanna focus on one at a time here is number one, prioritize face-to-face relationships. Prioritize face-to-face relationships. There are people around you that wanna talk to you. I have literally sat in a room with five people who did not look at each other and talk to each other, but they were tagging each other in pictures of each other on Facebook. I was just looking around the room like, this is the craziest thing. Like they were talking to each other, but they weren't talking to each other. Like this is the, this generation, and I don't mean generation as far as the age group, I'm talking about the society today is the most communicative opportunity has the most opportunity for communication of any other generation at any other point in society ever. If you want to get a hold of someone, you can text them, tweet them, Instagram them, Snapchat them, Facebook them, Facebook message them. You can comment on a picture on Facebook that they posted. You can comment on a picture on Instagram that they posted. You can tweet back them. You can DM them through Snapchat or Instagram. You can send an email if you want to. And by God, if you absolutely have to, you can call them. crazy, right? My wife has a meme in her phone. It says, before you call me, ask this, if you ask, if you could text this to me first, right? Like she can do what she wants. She's my wife. But anyways, what I say, what I mean by that is, man, we really have to get a grasp on the fact that we have more opportunity to communicate with each other than we ever have. Yet we communicate less with each other than we ever have. Like we don't talk to each other. I literally have to coax people to tell me what they're going through. Cause they're like, you didn't see it on my Facebook wall? No, I'm asking you right now. Like vague tweets and weird pictures on Instagram. I'm sitting in front of you and you need to prioritize face-to-face relationships so that you can finally get to a place where you look at people and people can talk to you and you can have a conversation. Literally this generation is People want to know why teenagers can't get jobs. Teenagers can't get jobs. As a hiring, former hiring manager, you want to know why we didn't hire teenagers? Because they couldn't look me in the face when they went through an interview. I bet you they would have killed that interview over text message though, because that matters. Listen folks, prioritize face-to-face relationships. That's number one. Number two, charge your phone in another room at night. For some of you, You may need a detox for this. Some of you are like, but it's my alarm clock. Walmart has them for $7. Go buy one. Put it in your room. For some of you, it'll make you hit the snooze button less because you can't reach it from your bed. Guilty. Guilty. Anyways, stop charging your phone. Why? Uh, Studies have shown... They only did a study in America, so it's not across the world, but studies have shown 98% of the people that they studied said that they were most effective in absorbing information from, we'll call their spiritual center. So all of them weren't saved, some of them were Buddhist, Muslim, whatever, but their spiritual center, for us, it would be God. 98% responded and said they are most receptive to what God is communicating to them within the first three hours of waking up. Fact. The same people also said that they spend the first two and a half hours of waking up on their cell phones. 
So how much time are we actually letting God speak to us during the time that we can most hear his voice? Because all we have is the chaos swirling around us because we're scrolling through life. I'm gonna write a book called Scrolling Through Life. Number three, don't cave into filling up your idle time. I think this is a, a big one. Because as soon as we sit down in places and we don't have any, like, we don't immediately have something to do, what is the first thing we do? Right? Or we take a picture of the empty chair next to us and we text it to the person we're waiting on, right? Where are you? But don't cave into filling up your idle time. Listen, there are people around us every day. God is putting people in front of you every day that you can impact with the gospel. Can you take a break from Facebook long enough to see them? That's my question for you. Number four, delete or move your apps on your phone. Like delete that Facebook app. It's only a month, folks. I see some of you scratching already. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Yes, you can. Or move them to where they're not the first thing you see. We're going to give you some crazy statistics in the weeks to come about Bible apps and other apps, it's cr- like, we're gonna give you some of the statistics, but delete or move your apps. And then number five, I want you to uh, commit to a schedule. If you call me on a Tuesday after six o'clock, you will not get me on my cell phone, period. If you call me on a Friday after six o'clock, you won't get me on my cell phone. Why? Because I am with my wife. And my wife is more important than all of you. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I love all of you. I really do. And I don't mean that. I don't, if that came across harsh, then get over it and deal with your insecurities. Step one. No, I'm just kidding. Like, but I love my wife. And you know what I noticed early in our marriage, early in our marriage, 24, 25 years old, I noticed that I was not prioritizing my time with my wife because I was so wrapped up in the world that was going on around me that I wasn't paying attention to my world that was sitting right in front of me. And God gave me a gift. And I spent all my time looking at what my friends were doing. Oh, you know, like Golden State's going to win the championship this year. LeBron fans. Anyway, so, but like I was just, but I wasn't focusing on her, right? And you guys get what I'm saying. That you got to find time. You need to commit to a schedule. What is the day you're putting the phone down and you're not picking it up for anyone? If someone needs me in an emergency, they call my wife. If you don't have my wife's cell phone number, then whatever you're going through is not an emergency to the extent that you need me. I'm not sorry. Why? Because I'm prioritizing face-to-face relationships and I'm prioritizing with a person that matters more than anyone else. But you need to commit to a schedule that works for you. Maybe it's not Tuesdays and Fridays. Maybe it's just Sunday afternoons, right? Like I built my, I built my life around that concept that I was going to do that. But for you, it may differ. But you need to find time where you're spending time with the people that matter the most to you and not spending time with them. Look, I have a dinner small group. We host on Saturday nights. If you come to the dinner small group, after we order our food, phones go in the basket and we all talk to each other. How crazy is that concept, right? Like we... No one has their cell phones out. We check it every 15 minutes because we all have kids. But other than that, like we do that. Why? Because we're committing to that schedule. Like, we hold to this. So five things. Prioritize face-to-face relationships. Charge your phone in another room. Don't cave into filling idle time in social media. Delete or move your apps and then commit to a schedule. How many guys would commit to do this for one month? 
And let's watch what God can do in our life if we just change a few things as far as technology and social media. And if some of y'all are like, I think I can do it. I just don't know. Like, it's just the struggle's real and you can do it. I promise you can do it. All right, guys. So we want to commit to this. Why? Because God wants to use you. He wants to use you. And we got to quit being so distracted. We got to focus on the world around us. We got to focus on the ones that matter. We got to focus on our friends. We got to focus on our family. And we got to focus on the lost so that God can transform the hearts of many. He can draw those that are far from Him close to Him. And we can see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. Close your eyes with me today. We want to pray for you. Maybe you're sitting in this place and, and you're saying, like, man, um, I'm not a Christian today. I believe in God, or maybe I'm a good person. I try to do good things, but at the end of the day, I haven't surrendered my life to Christ. The, Jesus said in the Bible, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you may be in a place in life today where you're, you may be doing good in some areas. You may be doing good things. You may be a good person in your heart and your mind your life doesn't belong to Christ. And if it doesn't belong to Jesus Christ, folks, you're not saved. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to love you enough to tell you that there is hope. There is a way. There is a person that loved you so much that he left the riches of heaven and became man so that he could die a perfect life, die after living a perfect life so that you could put your faith in him that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. And so God, today, folks, we want to offer you the opportunity to put your faith in him today. And if you put your faith in him, you can be saved. If you don't know Christ today, but you want to know him, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. Would you just raise your hand? I want to know Jesus today. I want to know Jesus today. If you're watching us on live stream, I want to know Jesus today. Here's what we're gonna do. We wanna pray this prayer. We're gonna pray it as a church. And if you're watching on live stream or if you raised your hand or you didn't, but you wanna put your faith in Jesus Christ today, praying this prayer doesn't make you saved. Repenting and putting your faith in Jesus Christ today alone makes you saved. So church, pray this prayer with me all across this place. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Jesus, make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I repent of my sins. I don't want to go back. I recognize that you died on the cross and you rose three days later. Through your death, through your resurrection, I can be saved. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, church, put your hands together for all those that prayed that. Perhaps for the very first time we celebrate with you.